0: It's not the Zade. It's not the story. It's It's the the Zade Story. Welcome to the Zade Story. My name is Joshua Story here with my amazing friend and co host, Mr. Kevin Zade. Back from hiatus, yes, I am. I'm sure you guys are excited to hear my voice.
1: I am excited to hear your voice, my friend. I've been waiting for you to come back. I'm glad you're here.
0: I'm glad to be here.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, should we get right to it? We uh, went and saw 99 Homes this week, a real Thanksgiving cheery cheery film about the uh, house market crash.
0: Set from 2006 to 2010. Tagline of the movie is, Greed is the only game in town. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh starring Michael Shannon, who I love Michael Shannon.
0: Specifically in this movie, I love some Michael Shannon as well. Also starring Andrew Garfield and Laura Dern.
1: You are back and prepared. Mm. I like it. Mm. Feels good to
0: be back. I'm telling you what, guys.
1: <laughs> well, should we get into the run? Run, run,
0: run, run, run. Let's get cooking
1: what sheriffs are here why are they here
0: my name's rick carver i'm a licensed real estate broker this home has been foreclosed on no this i need you your mom and your son to step off the property this, this is not your home mr carver, mr. carver no, please, no. please don't Sir, you have two minutes pack whatever belongings you need
1: oh my god does he have to stand there while she packs up is that right oh my god oh my god oh my god oh you plan on staying for a while
0: just a couple nights it out. I got no choice. You kicked me out yesterday. I didn't kick you out. The bank Did Did you do construction? I'll pay $50 cash. Are you kidding me? $50 shouldn't be a joke to you, son. As I aforementioned, this is set from 2006 to 2010. It's talking about the housing crisis, specifically the bubble that burst. Most of you guys out there that are listening probably are aware of what I'm talking about. That was when banks got greedy and homeowners also got greedy. Homeowners got a home, and then they decided that they wanted to wrap their cars into their home, and then they refinanced it. And then they wanted to get a boat, and then they refinanced their home again. And then they wanted to get an ATV, and they wanted to get something else, and then they refinanced their home again. And then all of a sudden, their home was worth 300000 but it wasn't really worth 300000 Meanwhile, the banks at this time are loosening all regulations whatsoever, and they were just giving out money like, like it was candy at a parade. Just throwing money at people, and people were eating that candy up. That's pretty much my my <laughs> brief scenario of 2006 to 2010. What happens in this movie, it's talking about how the realtors go after the houses after you miss a payment or two, and the house starts going into foreclosure, and how those people start losing their homes.
1: Andrew Garfield plays a construction worker. Uh, down on his luck, he's, living, he's a single father living with his son and his mother, played by Laura Dern. Uh, both of them had the, the children very early. Uh, so we meet him first, and uh, from there, Michael Shannon plays a real estate agent who takes his home away. Uh, and it's not a spoiler, but in the trailer, you find out that Andrew Garfield gets an opportunity to work for Michael Shannon, and uh, and he learns the the ways of the banking, housing market, real estate agencies, and this dark, dark, twisted game of whose money is whose, and who, what's where, what payment goes where, and how to get paid. It starts all from there, and uh, it just kind of goes deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole.
0: And as as the movie progresses, you're basically dealing with Andrew Garfield's struggle with morality because he's just lost his home to this gentleman and now he's working for the gentleman and now he's doing the same thing to other people that just happened to him
1: yeah it's the 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 character development of both uh michael shannon and andrew garfield is just a twist because while michael shannon is doing these terrible things to people's homes he's living in chateaus it seems like just mansions and andrew garfield is doing the same thing, but he's still living in a Motel 6. And it's just a twisted web of ups and downs and rights and wrongs. And then blacks, whites, and grays. Not people, but the issues.
0: The grays were the aliens. That was the last part of the movie. The aliens came down and they bought all the homes. So that's a surprise twist.
1: That is. That was.
0: I didn't see it coming. <laughs> and that's... The rundown. What are you doing with him? I gotta work, you know. <laughs> so I want my home back. Don't get emotional about real estate. That's my family home. If you want her, I need to know that I have someone who can handle any situation 24/7. Can you put notices on my window. When you work for me, you're, you're mine. This is serious money. Do you want to double what you made? Are we stealing? Is this stealing? feels a bit like trouble what do you think it was going to mean working for me mr tanner hate to say it your eviction is scheduled for the day
1: you kick people out of their houses so i can put a roof over your head and i can put food in his mouth
0: is this all worth it don't be soft you think america gives a flying rat's ass about you or me Mm -mm. america doesn't bail out the losers you kicked me and my family out of our home? I don't know you! I know you! America was built by bailing out winners, by rigging a nation of the winners, for the winners, by the winners. <laughs> Only one in a hundred's gonna get on that arc, son. Every other poor soul's gonna drown.
1: Well, that was a pretty, uh, pretty quick rundown. Uh, the, the plot is pretty simple here. The character development is really uh, what the movie hinges on. I think it's time now for our most favorite and least favorite parts. Josh, do you want to start us off?
0: Yes, I'll go ahead and go with both. I'll go. I'll go favorite yeah, and let's least do, favorite. I'll just, both. I'm just going to jump right it. in. I'm not wading in the water. <laughs> I'm not putting my titsy toes in. I'm going all the way past the waist because that's the worst part. Right. Once we, you get up to the waist, it, it doesn't matter. Nah. No. No. Yeah. But oh. golden. Oh, from eight inches above the knees to you know that waistline, that's the part that's the worst. Yes. In a hot tub or cold water. Water, period. <laughs> <laughs> so, favorite part, least favorite part. Um I, you know, my favorite part is might actually be as as I say this, most people are going to think that this is a least favorite part. Okay, okay. But my favorite part of the movie was that and we talked a little bit about this is that the movie basically tries to demonize and make make the real estate world, the villains in this scenario. But realistically, they're not that bad in this movie. Like, you watch it and you think, Oh, you know, how dare they take these guys homes? They're displacing all these families. But I own homes. I know what I signed up for. I'm well aware of what I signed up for. Economy goes good, economy goes bad. I know what I got my I know what I'm in for. You know, sometimes times are great and sometimes times are bad. Uh, but my favorite part of the movie was if they didn't Completely demonize it. I think it's most people would take this away and say, "How dare, how dare Carver take away everybody's everybody's houses?" And you know, how dare this young kid, Mister Nash, help him with all these houses? But you do what you have to do to survive, realistically, and that's what Nash was doing. And if you don't pay your mortgage, if you don't pay your bills, somebody's going to come after you. You're gonna, you can't just not pay your bills. Um, and, and it sounds weird that that's my favorite part. But I, I thought there was a lot of honesty in that. I really did. I thought there was a lot of honesty and truth behind it. And, you know, like I said in the in the opening, how we got there as a society sucks because as homebuyers, we did it to ourselves. And as the bank industry and with the federal deregulations, everybody did it to themselves. But I think that was my favorite part. Weird favorite part.
1: So... Cut it down in a nutshell, just so I'm understanding. I what I think you're saying is your favorite part of the film was the fact that they tried to demonize Carver's company. Rick Rich Car- Rick Carver is the is Michael Shannon's character, correct? Um, and he is attempted to be demonized by the film, but it doesn't quite work. Is that?
0: I think that my favorite part about the film is that it was pretty much spot on as to what happened. And you could look at the film and you could demonize him and the industry as a whole. But I came away from it as more of a documentary. That's what happened. And I'm sure most people don't come away from the movie thinking that. But I came away from it just thinking that was a well, well done documentary. I'm sure it wasn't supposed to be. But what I took away from it was that was very accurate. That's exactly what Ah. happened.
1: Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay, you said you wanted to do favorite and least favorite.
0: Least favorite part was the ending. Bar none. Don't want to ruin it. We're not going to do spoil alerts. But uh, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On on like multiple fronts, on everything, I just don't see that happening.
1: The ending, it was a very, really well written script. And I'm just going to jump right in now with my favorite and least favorite parts. I'm going to do least favorite first because we share the least favorite part, and it is the ending. The script is so well written, so believable. You could look at it as a documentary. It doesn't seem very far-fetched. There's hardly any fiction in it, and the ending is just out of left field. It doesn't fit with the story. It doesn't fit with the, the characters. It's just... It almost tries to do like a type a feel-good type of ending on a movie that didn't need a feel-good type of ending. It just needed something complete, and it's not really a complete end. It's just a terrible, terrible ending. Um, yeah, so that's where I'll stop with the least favorites. My favorite part is the look at the two morals of these characters. And you touched on it at base saying like, You could demonize the Rick Carver, or you could demonize Nash. Uh, I think it's Dennis Nash, right, you said, Mm -hmm. for Andrew Garfield's character? I
0: believe so, yes.
1: You could demonize either one of them. One for doing the job in the first place. One for getting kicked out of his home and then turning back on the people all around him who got kicked out of his homes by doing the same thing, by becoming an apprentice to Rick Carver. Um, But that was really my favorite part of the movie because you could demonize either one of them or you could demonize none of them and realize like Rick Carver, he didn't make these people miss their mortgage payments. And while it's a terrible thing to be kicked out of a home, I'm sure I'm a fortunate fellow who has never been evicted from a place. Uh, I too own a home. I pay I work two jobs to pay the mortgage. Uh you know so and I do this podcast which brings in, you know, a couple bucks here. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> um but yeah, so I I understand like you got to pay your bills and he understood that and the people who didn't it's not his fault, but he capitalized and saw a niche where he could go in and make millions of of dollars, not one home, but a hundred homes. He keeps saying that over and over. Um, and so, can you really penalize a guy who sees an opportunity and takes it? He's not doing anything illegal, although there's some shifty things.
0: There's a few shady, shifty things with the uh, stealing the heating units and, and charging Fannie Mae. He's not doing that to individuals. He's more or less doing that to the taxpayers at that point in time. Right. Uh, and I've, I I want it's
1: a weird twisted loop because technically he works for Fannie Mae Correct and so he's not really doing anything wrong but he's he definitely knows he's cheating the system um but yeah there's that there's that guy and then Andrew Garfield just lost his home he's you see, there's one scene of him on the phone for like 45 minutes calling people not finding work and Rick Carver. Offers him a job and says, I'll give you 50 bucks if you fix this AC unit. And then he travels around with him and he's like, okay, $300 for the day. Well, to Andrew Garfield, who had obviously hit rock bottom times living in a Motel 6 with your mom and your 10 year old kid, you can't say, you can't turn down money, especially when it's stuff he's good at. And then he just sees this paper trail of money. And to him, it's not good, but he's doing what he needs to do to buy his mom a beautiful house and it's just kind of how can you how can you fault somebody for seeing an opportunity and taking care of their family it was a really tough moral view of watching both of them taking two different sides so that was my
0: favorite part i'll say that what you said is more eloquent and basically what i was trying to say in the beginning uh to take the moral view a step back i can't fault carver in this movie Because like you said, he saw Nish and he was in the the business of selling homes. And then he saw that there was all these homes and there was a glut in the market and somebody was going to do it. So he needed to make money on it. For me, the only real true moral argument was Nash's character. Mm. Because Nash was the one that got displaced and then he jumps into bed with Carver. So that that was the moral argument for me. I didn't think that Carver really had much of a moral argument at all. He just... Saw Nish, wanted to make some money, and knew that that was going to be the way that he was going to pay his bills.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. I uh, I agree. Mm. You know what that sound means. It's time to rate the movie, 99 Homes.
0: You go first. I went okay. first last time.
1: You're right. You did. I would have to say that the movie is intense. It's emotionally swirly-twirly, ups and downs. Uh, the script is amazing. The acting is really good. The plot is a little too basic to be a, a five-star, six-star film, so I'm going to land it right into a, a four. Uh, great acting, great writing, four beers.
0: <laughs> I will agree. It was well-written. Uh, acting was was really on point Uh, however the story is a story that like I said it's more of a documentary for me than it was uh, a moving movie and the ending was really subpar I wouldn't watch the movie again Uh, and I would honestly say that just by listening to our podcast you could probably just figure out the whole meat and potatoes of the movie not to say don't go watch it but we basically just told you the whole movie in in 10 (laughs) minutes Uh, I'd give it three beers
1: that's fair if if it sounds interesting, I definitely recommend it if it sounds like something you're interested in watching. Plus it's independent. It's at the independent theater, so go support that for sure. But if you're not interested in it even slightly, you could skip it, I think. That's fair.
0: We're going to take a minute out of this podcast to bring you a word from our sponsor. Wallery's Pizza, some of the most delicious pizza on earth, over there on Edgewater in West Salem.
1: Don't forget the ranch, folks. Ranch with pizza is an American staple, but especially Wallery's ranch. I don't even like ranch
0: and I love Wallery's ranch. Don't forget about their buffet. From 11:30 to 2, you go in there, it's a little bit less than $8 and you get all you can eat. If you can't eat a full buffet like myself, You can get Pizza by the Slice, $1.25. All you can eat pizza. Pizza. Wallery's Pizza, out on Edgewater. We're going to play a game called 99 Homes as a homage to our movie (laughs) 99 homes basically we haven't written anything down we haven't even thought about what we're going to ask we're going to ask each other and let's go ahead and answer the question as well yes Uh, we're going to ask each other and answer the question as well would you rather and that's going to be would you rather live in this place or in that place and we could say something like this is hypothetical would you rather live in portland in a hundred million dollar mansion That's probably really pricey. Or would you rather live (laughs) on the beach in Mexico in a one-room shack? Right. And it could be, or it could just be, would you rather live here or would you rather live there? We can put little caveats on it as we go.
1: Okay. Would you rather three-bedroom or three-bathroom
0: house? Does the three-bathroom house only have one bedroom? And does the three-bedroom house only have one bathroom? Correct. I would go three-bedroom, one-bath. Three-bedroom, one-bath. Absolutely.
1: All right. I'd
0: do three-bath. And (laughs) one-bedroom. And one-bedroom. Although, (laughs) the math doesn't add up, does it? It doesn't add up. And you know that you're married with two kids. I could live in a bathroom, I think. Okay. (laughs) I like it.
1: (laughs) In hindsight, the question didn't make that much sense. But we're doing this off the cusp. Well played, sir. Thank you. Well played.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Would you rather live in New York City or would you rather live in Hollywood? Hollywood. New York City.
1: Ooh, that's tough. I answered that faster, but it was a gut reaction about Hollywood. New York City sounds kind of cool.
0: I want to delve a little bit deeper. Did you say Hollywood because of the cinephile aspect of you? Yes, absolutely. All right, that makes sense. Uh,
1: And I, I think I'd actually rather, as far as location and uh, scenery go to New York, actually. But the cinephile
0: in me just shot out Hollywood. I don't even care about the actors that live there. Either location you pick, we're not going to be able to live there for more than like a week because cost (laughs) of living is so expensive. (laughs) You're know, you talking like – thinking about 99 homes and getting taken away. I mean, it's like six grand for a one-bedroom loft. I can't – that's a month.
1: Yeah. If not – more yeah that's ridiculous yeah I, you said new york i said new york all right uh okay here we go italy or england italy mm. italy for me as well i love the history that's in england mm. and i know there's tons of history in italy but i think there i think italy's pretty cool
0: uh, italian for those of you out there that don't know, is one of the languages of love, the love languages. And I always wanted to learn to speak Italian, not so I could woo a lady, but when I got mad at somebody, I could cuss in Italian. Like speaking English all day long, but when I got mad, you know, you turn into that like just cussing in Italian. Yes. And if I knew any of it, I would do it right now, but I, I would butcher it. It's perfect. I'll insert a clip. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. All right. Would you rather live in Australia or would you rather live in Hawaii?
1: Oh, that's tough. I've never been to Australia. I did get the good fortune to uh, my wife worked for a company that sent us to Hawaii mm-hmm. for a week, almost a week, four days. It was beautiful. It was awesome. Awesome. I really want to go to Australia. I don't know if I could commit to living there, but I think I'd rather live in Australia than Hawaii.
0: I would want to live in Australia for a couple different reasons. Hawaii, I think, would end up becoming too small of a place. Even though they have a few islands, it's going to be too small. Like, you can drive from one side to the other side in 45 minutes. And Australia, eventually, I would pick up one of those awesome Aussie accents. (laughs) And there's not a girl and, I guess, a guy. But specifically for me, not a girl... (laughs) In the world that doesn't find that accent to be just so sexy, if
1: I, you, if you spoke with him, I would find it sexy.
0: Crikey, <laughs> Foster's Australian for beer. Throw another shrimp on the barbie.
1: <laughs> that's good. Okay, uh, my Wait, turn. wait, wait
0: one oh more. Oh, that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs>
1: a dingo ate your baby. <laughs> okay that's that's great ooh uh i just got i just got a good one okay seventeen seventy six or eighteen forty one where am i at
0: america i mean i'm in America
1: yeah the, the most bustling place at, in those time periods i'm thinking boston or the Wild West, the revolution, the the
0: purchase of the Louisiana. Wait, so I'm in Boston in the 1700s, but I'm in the Wild West in the 1800s? Correct. I'd go Boston 1700s. Just because of the location? Because of the location. Uh, the Wild West seems just like in books, on paper, in movies. That sounds great. To actually live that, horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, and even though it's almost 100 years later, 56, 60, whatever, years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's not that many more advancements technology wise. Like, there's no cars. I, I, I'm going 1700s, Boston.
1: That's, ah, see, I shouldn't have done this because this is really hard for me. Because, uh, like you said, the picture of the West, the, the frontier, is so appealing to me, but I love. Boston in 1776, like just the hustle, the bustle, the creation of America, like that's that. Both time periods are so exciting. I think I'd have to go with you, 1776. Uh, I've I've been to Boston and it's really cool. the The Liberty Bell. I know that's not in Boston, but uh, just the wet, the East Coast. Just when things are bustling, the patriotism that people experienced back then. The, I just, that's, yeah. I'm thinking of myself living with Mel Gibson in The Patriot. That's great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your turn. <laughs> Thanks. I was just picturing you living with Mel Gibson for a second. <laughs> Is there another Mel Gibson you'd want to live with? If I was picking, it would be not like live with, but be buddies with. Lethal Weapon, oh, Mel Gibson. Abs- that's who I would have picked. Yeah, yeah Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon, Mel Gibson all day. Not Mad Max, Mel Gibson. No. <laughs> no way. Not oh. because of the time, but like he was just a little off kilter.
1: Yeah, and, and not Hamlet either.
0: Oh, wait. There's that movie where he uh, listens to women's thoughts. What women want. And I would not ever want <laughs> to be able to listen to a woman's thoughts, but if I had a buddy that was yes. telling me what a woman was thinking... That's the one I want I change. I change okay. that that Mel Gibson. So you could be friends with him. Right, I'll be friends with him and he could tell me what what the hot girl was thinking. He'd but be like, I don't want to know. Like he would just paraphrase, you right. know, he'd leave out the bad stuff. Right. Oh, you'd so he's not a real friend. Well, he's a great friend because I'm asking <laughs> him. I I don't want him to to be like, "Well, she thinks you're a little chubby and him. Mm-hmm. you know, if only you would do this instead of that. Well, maybe I would want to know that. but You, <laughs> you get the point. Like yeah. the things that I can't change, if you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I I'm, do. I'm I, know, pointing, I know what you're saying. <laughs> pointing for those of you out there. It's, All right. It's his hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's going gray. It's kind of receding, but I got that silver fox sexy look. Touching touch mm-hmm. gray. Yeah, it's nice. It does look good. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> All right. Would you rather live in asia but asia in the 1600s (laughs) so like you got to think like you like they were top of their game in the 1600s they probably were more advanced than anybody else at that point in time right you know they were rocking you know advancements and they were clean Mm -hmm. really really clean they bathed unlike everybody else in that yeah correct yeah so and geishas
1: Or samurai.
0: Or samurai, which I would love to be a samurai. I would too. I think that'd be great. So, would you rather that or would you rather live in Asia now? I don't (laughs) know. Like, say Okinawa, Japan. Okay. Uh,
1: Well, I think I know where you're going to pick because of this elaborate discussion of beauty and grace and honor in 1600 or Japan now. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Either way, the answer is old school Japan.
0: I should have probably tried <laughs> to do better for Japan now. Uh, Japan now is hustling and bustling. Uh, <laughs> they are great at anime. I love anime. You can buy uh, beer in a vending machine, both. I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, food in a vending machine? You can't get food in, in the 1600s in a but, vending machine. No. No.
1: Uh, yeah. My... I picked. Okay. I was I was waiting to see if I had
0: somehow convinced you. Nope. Uh, I picture myself as the Tom Cruise character that ends up dying. What's that movie? The Last Samurai? Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Last Samurai. Uh, I think that'd be awesome, and I'd go 1600s all day. Okay. This one, you got you to gotta stretch your brain a little bit. Mm. I did yoga today. Oh, so you're already stretched. I did yoga yesterday and today. I'm super <laughs> flexible, actually. That's not a lie, guys. I really did do yoga.
1: Would you rather live in the world of John Wick or in the world of The Matrix?
0: When you say in the world of The Matrix, do you mean just The Matrix or the world where The Matrix could actually be?
1: I'm going to let you decide. I, I would say The Matrix. Like, you would be essentially Keanu Reeves' character in either one. But... You wouldn't be his character, like.
0: Yeah, I, that need, that begs a little bit of clarification. I could be like Trinity. Like I'm plug in and plug out of the Matrix. Yes. Or I'm just a bystander in the normal world, and I know nothing about the Matrix.
1: No, you are part of the Matrix. You are like Trinity.
0: Okay, and in John Wick's world, am I John Wick?
1: No, you are just you're someone who resides at
0: the hotel, probably. I do the Matrix. If I'm John Wick, I'd probably pick John Wick. (laughs) But if it's just the world of and not the individual character, the Matrix. I'd go with the world of John
1: Wick. Those gold coins are so cool. I just hang out at the hotel all the time. But then you could get killed. No, not at the hotel.
0: I don't know. Uh, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) All right, fair enough. All right, would you rather live on the moon for 10 years or live on Mars for two years who's with me You could have anybody you could have your family your friends I'm not it probably will say you could have up to ten people the moon the moon
1: Ten people I'd say the moon Oh, 10 years is a long time, though. That's a good twist. Because mm-hmm. Mars would be less cool. I mean, it would be cool for a little bit, but it would lose its
0: coolness pretty quick. I feel as though the environment would be harsher in Mars. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, for me, the moon, I could look out and see Earth. And you could see, You could see your home. I feel like I'm still close. Yeah,
1: I agree. That's why I jumped with the moon right away, and then I was like... Eight-year
0: differential, 10 though. Ten
1: years with only ten people. Like, you're going to get pretty sick of those people. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with the moon anyways. Solely because of that picture of home that's just always there. You can make it 10 years with 10 friends or family. You could make it 10 years.
0: I think I'd have to go with the moon also. Recently just rewatched Total Recall, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Total mm-hmm, Recall, mm-hmm. which is Mars. If it was that mars i might pick mars <laughs> fair enough <laughs> <laughs> all right should we do one more yeah hit me up with one more okay i'm still flexing my mind muscle if you want to throw something crazy like dinosaur world or uh you have another one yeah okay you go first okay uh would you rather live under the sea As a mermaid, or rather a merman, Mm -hmm. or would you rather live in outer space with aliens, but you're the only alien, or you're the only human being that goes with the aliens, and you never come back, and as a mermaid, merman, you grew up as a merman, so that's all you know. Merman. 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 Yes, merman. (laughs) Merman.
1: I'd I'd prefer to be called a mer-human. A a mer... Well, you're not human. Oh, that's true. I'm mer. You're a mer. mer Mer-person? Mer-person. I'm a mer-person.
0: I would pick the individual that gets abducted by aliens, but gets to live his life with aliens. Hmm. For a couple different reasons. First off, we're polluting the hell out of the oceans. And as a (laughs) merman, you're going to die really quickly. And secondly, I have an affinity for aliens, and I would really like to see what's out there other than the sea and is it just me or do you want to sing under the sea i do want to see i do want to sing under the sea
1: uh you know i've never had an affinity for aliens in fact i don't really even like science fiction that much uh i've always loved the ocean i've always loved swimming i just uh, the world of under the sea i can't help but think of living as a mermaid
0: in the sea of the little mermaid I'm picturing you right now with fins and gills, and it's adorable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Very masculine, <laughs> but adorable. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Pretty masculine. <laughs> Especially with your trident spear. Yeah, my trident,
1: I might have a six-pack at yeah, that point. Absolutely. Because with, with no way to get around except swimming, Oh yeah. I wouldn't be sitting on my rear end all day. <laughs> you'd, be my, you'd be Michael Phelps. But a better
0: looking Michael Phelps.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And I see you looking just like Chris Pratt.
0: Yes. That's exactly what I was picturing, yeah, too. Yeah. And I'd have my awesome, like, mask thing. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Star Lord. Star, Star Lord. And eventually, people <laughs> would be like, That's Star Lord. Instead of me explaining, I'm Star Lord. Star Lord. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Great throwback.
1: Uh, uh Maybe we should just end it on that one. (laughs) Uh, What should we call that game? Oh, we were calling it 99 99 Homes. Homes. I think we just about talked about 99 Homes. Would you rather
0: 99 Homes edition?
1: Oh, that was wonderful. That was good. Well, folks, this is about good for the uh, 99 Homes episode. I would like to remind all of our listeners that we are having a facebook contest to win your very own t-shirt uh zade story t-shirt so you can go to uh facebook.com forward slash the Zaid story story with an ey of course uh for the exact rules and uh Rules and regulations. regulations rules and regulations of the contest. But uh, it's something like once we get to 100 likes, we'll draw a name out of the hat. If you uh, shared or got somebody to like our page and you could win your very own Zade Story t-shirt. Uh, if you don't want to wait for the drawing, we do have the Zade Story t-shirts available for purchase on the website. That is thezadestory.com. We are on Twitter. Uh, at zade story not the Zaid story just at Zaid story we get a lot of uh, a lot of twitter action going on so that's fun joining the joining the tweets uh, josh where can, where else can they find us
0: the Zaid story at gmail.com again that story with an e y phone number 971 209 2717 we're looking to do another segment of what did google think they said so give us a call leave us a voicemail we really want to know what you said. <laughs> also, uh, today I was downloading a new podcast uh, and I ended up downloading an app for the podcast and it's called Podcast Addict. And after I downloaded a few podcasts that I really wanted to start listening to, I just randomly searched for the Zaid story and the Zaid story was on it. it seems to be a pretty cool app, so if you guys want to download it, you can always find us there on Podcast Addict.
1: Yeah, we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, FM Player, and we're real close to uh, getting onto iHeartRadio. We're also on Uh, Spreaker.com. They have an app as well. So, yeah, find us, share us, tell your friends about us. We're awesome, we think.
0: (laughs) And I just want to say thanks for uh, being patient. It's great to be back. I'm really excited to be here. I shouldn't go on any more hiatus and uh, Kevin and I are having a lot of fun doing this. We hope you're having a lot of fun listening.
1: Absolutely. It's, uh, it's good to have you back,
0: my friend. Uh, thank you, thank you.
1: Well, for the Zaid Story, my name is Kevin Zaid.
0: I'm Joshua Story. For the love of movies and beer. How many beers did we rate your favorite movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not the Zade. It's not the story. It's the Zade Story. Okay. I'm going to cut out all the silence. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, okay. Would you rather live in the world... Of Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction or in the world of
0: Road Warrior that's a stupid question that's horrible we're gonna cut that whole thing out <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> I think you're trying too hard, my friend. I think that's I was. I think you're trying you said when I was hard.
1: stretching my mind, I was trying to get real stretched there. Okay, <laughs> are you? I'm trying to think, I haven't thought of another one. I was so busy. You can do it. Me. You got this.
0: You got this. You can cut it out. Okay,
1: <laughs> this sounds so lame.
0: A wild horse? (laughs) Would I rather be a wild horse? We're doing where do you live, not what do you want to be.
1: Okay. Uh, The Alaskan Tundra or the
0: Antarctic? Nope. No people. Either way. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll, I'll die. So it doesn't really matter. I'd go Alaskan Tundra, I guess. But I'll die either way. <laughs> That's depressing. <laughs> That's the truth.
1: I'd go Alaskan tundra. Yeah, you could. You might be able to kill a moose.
0: You mean a meese?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, a- you'd be able to kill a meese or a moose. <laughs>